right, well, good morning, church family. Happy Palm Sunday. Uh, so I'm gonna say Hosanna, and then I want you to say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, okay? Uh, so we'll, we might, might take a couple times. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I'm so grateful uh, for this Palm Sunday. This morning I, I went outside to take the dog out to go to the bathroom, and there was a cardinal on the fence, and it was singing its little cardinal song. And they get, cardinals, they got a good little chirp, you know, they're songbirds, and there was a frog or something croaking over on the distance, and, and there were other birds responding to my little red cardinal on the fence, and I was just reminded that creation declares the glory of the Lord, and on Palm Sunday, as Jesus walked into the city of Jerusalem, people laid down palm branches and declared Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The religious leader said, Jesus, tell these people to be quiet. And he said, I mean, if they do, even the rocks are gonna start crying out. So it's probably better if they do it than, than the rocks. And uh, so this morning, as I heard creation declaring the glory of the Lord, I was reminded that we serve the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe and the sustainer of all things. And this Palm Sunday, we celebrate the King uh, who ultimately, as we'll celebrate next week, triumphed over even death and hell and the grave. So we serve an incredible God. Uh, but that's not why I'm up here right now. Uh, just wanted to say that. Uh, this morning, I get to introduce our uh, special speaker. We've been in our series called Family Foundation, and we've been talking about the foundation that we must have as families if we want to build strong families that will ultimately last beyond uh, this generation. And so we talked about a foundation of faith. Psalm 127 says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. We talked about how the wise man builds his house upon the rock. And when the storms of life blow in, that house will stand. We talked about marriage and our marriage relationships and how they reflect the love of God through the gospel. We talked about parenting and raising our kids to put their hope in Christ. And last week we talked about how as a church we come together as a spiritual family to encourage one another and to support parents and to support our young people so that as Psalm 145 verse 4 says, we can be a place where each generation declares God's glory and faithfulness to the next generation. And so uh, this morning is the conclusion of our family series. And I thought uh, who better to conclude our series uh, than my dad? Because um, as, we, as we talk about family, um, almost everything I know about family, I mean, I've learned some stuff since I've gotten married and had my own family, but I learned from my mom and dad who are sitting right down here. And I want you to know, church, um, that they raised us to put our faith in Jesus. And they taught us that unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. And they taught us to set our hope in Christ. And they taught us that people are not perfect. And even though when I was a little kid, I thought they were perfect, come to find out they weren't. Do you remember that moment in your life when you realized that your parents couldn't do anything and know everything? We all have that moment. But you know what's really important? When you come to that moment, when your parents tell you it's true, but God is in control and we submit to him, and he's our king, and he's our Lord, and sometimes we're gonna mess up, and as parents, I learned that it's okay to admit when you messed up and to apologize and to let your kids know that there's a God who loves you. I remember when I got kicked out of college. I was following in my dad's footsteps. He got kicked out of college too. <laughs> um, but I remember calling him at two in the morning. Uh, I knew I had failed the, the classes, class says that I couldn't fail again. Um, and I just laid there awake and thought, I gotta call my dad and tell him. And I called in the middle of the night and he picked up the phone and I said, Dad, I did it again. I thought this semester was gonna be different, but I blew it. And he said, that's okay, we're gonna figure it out. And, um, and he prayed with me. And, uh, and so church, I just want you to know, um, that for me, uh, there is no better example of, of someone who uh, exhibits the love of the Heavenly Father for his kids than my dad and my mom. 
And so as we conclude this series, I, I wanted you to hear from him this morning. And he was the pastor of this church for a lot of years and a, a lot of you, uh, he's your pastor. And, and so I know when he comes up here in a minute, you're gonna welcome him. Um, but as you, as you hear from him this morning, I want you to know that, that he is an incredible dad and an incredible grandfather to my grandkids and all of my nieces and nephews. And I am proud to be your son. And I'm grateful for the legacy that you have laid in my life. And mom, I'm, I love you. I'm grateful for you. But please welcome to the stage at this time, Pastor Dave. Well, I'm happy to be here today. At 66, I'm happy to be anywhere. <laughs> and uh, I'm glad to see many of you, all of you out here today. And for those of you watching online today, I wanted to say just a word to you. We've been coming back here for a while and uh, the crowd's beginning to grow. And I just wanted to ask you, have you set a date that you're gonna come back? I, I think it would help. So next Sunday's Easter, that'd be a great day to come back. Or if you say it's gonna be too crowded Easter, then how about the week after Easter? But set a date and get back in here because there's nothing like the fellowship you get when you're in here that you can't just get watching it online. And I wanna encourage you to get back in church. We all need the fellowship of church. So just a, that's a freebie for you today, all right? Uh, to all the rest of you, I wanted to just say, um, I'm happy to be here. What an honor to get to be back on this platform. It's just a wooden platform, but it's a sacred desk and a sacred place to be. And of all of the things I ever did pastoring, the thing that was, the thing that I wanted to be always right about was standing in this place and sharing God's word and sharing what God had for us. Uh, I am getting older, uh, getting older. Do you feel it, those of you in here today? You know, when you're, when you're getting older, weightlifting is standing up, right? <laughs> I mean, isn't that the truth? And good night, we mess up. You know, I look for my glasses all the time to find out they're on my forehead. Honest to God, I was looking for them the other day, and I was wearing them. <laughs> I mean, it, it gets crazy, and, and a night out means sitting out on the porch. Yeah, and a, um, and, um, a happy hour is taking a nap, right? So you know those things. There are some of you in here that have aged along with me, and most of you have aged gracefully, and you've done a good job with it. Some of you are wearing your hearing aids. I know how you do that. During the music service, you turn them down. And when it's over, you're trying to get them adjusted right now. I know I heard two guys talking the other day, and one of the guys said, I got the greatest hearing aid ever. This thing is incredible. He said, is it? He goes, yeah, it cost me a lot of money, but I can hear perfect. And the guy said, what kind is it? And he said, uh, it's 11 o'clock. So <laughs> I guess they're not all perfect. And I have a cell phone. I'm no good at social media. It, the best I can do is text a little bit. So I, I don't FaceTime. I, I look at other people's Instagrams. But I can text, and I get a lot of text every day because of the things that I do. And I don't know if any of you do this, but sometimes when I want to remember something and I don't know if I'm going to remember it because I forget a lot, I'll text myself to remind myself later to, to do whatever it is that I think I'm going to forget. And I, I guess I texted myself early one day and got a lot of texts during the day. I might tell you something else. I don't keep my phone number in my phone. Have you ever had people ask you your phone number? You know everybody else's, but uh, my phone number? I don't know. I never call myself. But I, but I had put a little note in there. I guess it was late in the evening, and I was looking through my text, and I saw this text. And it said, remember to call Dave the pool guy. And I thought, who would have known to remind me to call Dave the pool guy? I don't recognize this number. And so I texted in there, who is this? And the smart aleck was all over his phone because he immediately texted me back, who is this? 
and, 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 and as I looked at my phone, I said, no, why, why are you texting me about this? And he answered immediately, why are you texting me about this? And it kept going, and finally it turned into name calling. And I remember every name I called him, boom, right back, called me the same name back. Final thing, I think, was idiots. And I showed it to Don. I said, what do you think? She said, you're both idiots. So that's all a part of getting older, isn't it? Some of you, you know, you know that that's not too far off from the truth, is it? Well, we're going to talk about family today. And uh, the joy of my life has been being a dad and having a family. I love our family. Dustin, as most of you know, is our eldest. We have Diana and Wes who are pastoring out in Winter Garden and Danilla and Justin in Maitland. And uh, Derek texted me this morning and said, Dad, sorry I won't be there today to hear you at OBC, but I'm leading worship out at Winter Garden today. And it's just a joy to know that our kids love the Lord and follow after the Lord. I love our family. Um, I've always wanted them to stay on our team and be a part of things with us. And I want to talk to you about how to keep your kids on your team today. If I had a tattoo, it would be a family crest, and I'd put it right here on my arm. My, my wife won't let me, but if I could, I'd have one up there, and it would, it would have our name, and it would say something like loyalty, uh, courage, generosity, and it'd be our family crest. And uh, I, I want to know from you today, do you have a family crest? What is it about your family that makes you who you are today? What are the unique things about you that make it work? Uh, my dad got me reading the Louis L'Amour books many years ago. I've read them all. And of course, I've read them all multiple times now. It doesn't take me long to forget what it was anyhow, so it's all new reading when I read it. And... Um, one of the books he titled, Writing for the Brand. And uh, he talked about the days of cowboys, which I know there's out, a lot of shows coming back out now today, kind of Western themed. And in the Louis L'Amour series on Riding for the Brand, he was talking about the cowboy that worked for the ranch. And he rode out on the line, they called it, and that was the perimeter, the boundary of all the property. And he made sure everything that should be in stayed in and everything that should be out stayed out. He killed the varmints. He made sure everything was right because he rode for the brand. Well, in my life, I've rode for our brand. I've rode for our family. And I've taken it my responsibility. I do not depend on the government to set the stage and the standard for moral decency for me. I, I have not looked to anybody else to set the standard for what our family ought to be other than the Word of God. I love church. I'm for the church. But it is not the church's singular responsibility to make sure my kids grow up right. It's my responsibility to make sure my kids grow up right. I've seen parents over the years that think because you bring your kids to church and turn them over to the church a few hours a week that they're going to come out great and everything's going to be all right. And that's just not a reality. As a matter of fact, one of the most twisted realities for kids is for you to bring them to church and act like you love Jesus in this building, and then you get in the car and you talk negatively about what the pastor or somebody said during the day, and you act like you're a child of the devil during the week. No wonder our kids get so confused. As parents, we have a responsibility to guide and, and to have some common sense in the way we raise our kids. One of our greatest joys is Monday nights. And on a lot of Monday nights, we have all of our kids and all of our grandkids. We have 11 grandkids, and there's one of my beautiful little granddaughters, Bailey, down there, who I love to hug. And we have 11 grandkids, and Derek and Giselle are expecting a little boy, so we're going to have 12 before long. And I love having our kids and our grandkids over to the house and having them with us, and, 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 and they're on our team. They're not going to leave us. It's who we are. And, and how does that happen? So... Could I just be practical and share a few thoughts with you on how to keep your kids on your team today? Here's the first thing. To keep our children on our team, we must think correctly. We must think correctly. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, it tells us, do not be conformed to this world. Don't be like the world. You can't think like the world and think correctly. 
Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. If we're going to raise our kids right, look, this is a message about Christianity. I don't believe we can raise our kids right without Jesus in our life. I don't believe we can raise our kids right without knowing who the Lord is and having an anchored foundation in the Word of God. And we must think correctly. The suicide note from the little girl that was passed to me said, I'm sorry, Mom and Dad, that I was never important to you. I know you got me the best babysitters. I know you had people take me everywhere I needed to go, but it was obvious to me you never cared, and I'm making this easy for you. I'm checking out. How does that happen? Because we don't think correctly about our kids. We don't understand our responsibility and where we are. I want to tell you, our kids are a gift from God. If you believe that, say amen. Now, that doesn't mean they always act, right? But they're the gift from God, right? Uh, the Bible says in the book of Psalms 127, and if you studied verses 3 through 5, it talks about having your quiver full with kids. And he says in that verse 5 that our children are a heritage from the Lord. My mom and dad are sitting over here today. My mother is 95. My dad's 93, and um, I was raised in a Christian home by parents that lived out our, their faith, and we learned our faith, and it was given to us. It was our heritage, and Don and I tried in our four kids to live out our faith and live out our heritage so that they now would live out their faith and leave, live that heritage with them. And that's what he said. These children are a gift from God and they're our, our heritage. It's not what you think that influences your kids. It's what you communicate to them. You can say, well, I, I thought that. No, it, it, they've got to they've have it communicated into their lives the things that they think. Uh, there's a lot of you in here who have little babies now, little kids. And I know you got more kids on the way. I read a statistic the other day that 85% of a child's personality and self-image is formed in years one through five. Isn't that interesting? 85% of a child's personality and self-image is determined in the first five years of their life. You know what? I, I never have respected a parent who says something about a kid like, yeah, oh, she was a boo-boo. That's the craziest thing to say. No, she's a blessing. She's a gift that God gave you. Uh, we talk about unexpected and unwanted and accidents. That's not the way to be. In Deuteronomy 6 and verse 5 through 7, I believe, Arthur, you may have used that passage the other day when I was here and spoke. But it's a great passage. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And then these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You'll teach them diligently to your children and talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. It's interesting that that passage in verse 5 where he says, love, your, love God with all your heart, with all your might, with all your soul. In the New Testament when they asked Jesus, what is the great commandment? He said, there's two. Love the Lord your God. He used that passage. He used that passage and the second word he said, and love your neighbor the same way. I want to say to you here today that we have a responsibility to think correctly about our kid and see them as a sacred trust. Our kids are a gift from God. Let's think correctly about that today. Here's the second thing. Let me say one more word about that. I, I made a note here to give you just something practical if I could. Here, here's three ways to help your kids know they're a gift from God. Number one, communicate it clearly, consistently, and constantly. Constantly let your kids know that they're a gift from God. We're going to talk about love languages in a minute. But different kids respond to different things. It's very important that you communi communicate clearly to your, to your kids. I wrote down, be involved with them. Are you involved with your kids? Be involved with your kids as they're growing up. Even when they act like they don't want you to be involved with them. 
be involved with them. I know, Dustin, when you guys were growing up, sometimes I would be around and you must have thought, he's always around. He's always there. And I tried to be cool. I wanted to be cool for you guys. I don't know what they called them, but I had that pair of dolphin jams I used to wear, you know, because I thought, that will make me cool. And but even though they laughed at me for wearing them. But my, my word to you is, be involved with your kids, right? Be involved in what they're doing. I, I hear too many adults tell me today about when they were growing up, my dad never came to one thing in my life. My mom never did one thing with me. Be involved with them. Communicate clearly to them. Be involved with them. I, I remember growing up with our kids here at this church. Uh, Dustin used to come with me to men's prayer breakfast. And uh, Steve Kipnick would come with Kirk and Matt Shaw would come with Dan and different ones would come to the men's prayer breakfast. And I remember when I would wake Dustin up and tell him we're going to the men's prayer breakfast, he didn't like being woken up. But once he got there, he liked it. And the other day we were talking about it, he said, Dad, I loved going to those men's prayer breakfasts with you. That, that's being involved. It's being in the teen activities and being involved in their sports and playing with them and life with them. All of that says, you're important to me. I wrote down also, if you're going to think correctly, develop deep relationships with your kids. Deep ones. Deep one means you get involved in the nitty-gritty of their life. The reason Dustin called me at 2 a.m. when he messed up at college is because we had a deep enough relationship he knew Dad and I need to get together. We, we need to be able to talk about that. And you know how that happened? That happened because uh, we were together when he broke just about every car he drove. <laughs> we were remembering the other day a little car broke the timing change on it, chain on it, and it just broken the other car the, the last week. And we were sitting on the hood and car, and he was crying, you know. But you know what? We were so involved because we were developing deep relationship. You've got to have deep relationships with your kids. So, first of all, think correctly. Here's the second thing. To keep our kids on our team, we must treat them correctly. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4 says, Do not provoke your children to wrath. Bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. In other words, treat them like Jesus treats them. Yeah. Nurture them the way Jesus nurtures them, the way he nurtures you. Bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Raise them up in that way. Treat them right. I think of three words, talking, doing, and loving. And there's a balance to talking to our kids. Some of you in here, you're, the only words you ever say to your kids about doing wrong is, you do this, and they say, why? And all you ever say to them is, because I said so. That's not enough talk. And then the other side of it is, there are some of you that can never shut up. <laughs> you talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. There's got to be balance in talking, right? Right? Some of you are afraid to talk right now because I said shut up. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. But, but we've got to talk in balance with our kids. So talking is the thing. There's doing. Uh, doers are, are I, I act first and I talk later. And there's people who say actions speak louder than words. But those of you who are doers, be careful about abuse. Because if you do what you want to do because they didn't act right and you don't help them to understand why you did it and you're just punishing them, that's wrong. Doing has to have balance to it. And so the key word in all of that is the key word love. Everything must be balanced with love. We speak to our kids in love. We guide them in love. Don't ever correct or guide your kids without love. You see, mom and dad, love tolerates mistakes. And there's a verse in the Bible that says, love covers a multitude of parents' mistakes which is all a part of sin. Amen? Love does cover a multitude of parenting mistakes. We're not perfect parents. But if you love your kids right, you can get through your dumb mistakes you made as a parent. I, I still apologize to Dustin. He was our first child. You remember your first child? You want to do it all perfect? 
I mean, no, no, a little straight up, a little more straight this way. You're leaning a little bit that way, you know. I mean, in, in the restaurant, we didn't want him to make a peep, you know. And boy, I set my feet down in that restaurant. If he made a peep, I would immediately say, Donna, take him out. <laughs> no, no, but we, we were very careful. We didn't want to get the restaurant messed up. We wanted to do it all right. Then Diana came along, and we were a little more willing for it to be a, not perfect. And we would put up with a little bit of crying in the restaurant. Dino came along. We really didn't care what happened in the restaurants. We've got three kids now. When Derek came along, we went in the restaurants and just warned everybody, this is going to look like a war zone when we leave. <laughs> You know, but uh, those are realities. And I, I want to just say to you, we, we want to get in there and we want to do it right, but you've got to do it in love. Love. Understand their love language. Could I take just a minute? I still think the five love languages is a great thing that everybody ought to understand. I want to talk about it for just a minute. I want you to think about your kid or your kids for a minute. I also want you to think about your spouse for a minute. And I want to ask you, what is your love language and what is your kids' love languages? So there's five. If you haven't looked at this in a long time because it came out a lot of years ago, uh, write it down. Here's the first one, words of affirmation. Giving your children positive words of affirmation. All of them need it. But for some, some of our kids, their lifeblood is affirmation. The only way they understand love is affirmation. They've got to hear, I love you, more than any of the other kids that don't speak that love language. They've got to know how they did more than anybody else. They've got to hear, you're the greatest. Uh, I have two of our kids that their love language is affirmation. And one of them has said to me many times, even as an adult, Dad, I need to hear what you think about what I did because what you think means everything to me. That's affirmation. They, they need that. You say, well, that's a little bit shallow. Well, it may be a little shallow, but it is important. And you say, I have one that they're just so needy that way. That's because that's very clearly their love language. Speak it to them. Affirm them. Make over them. It's so important that they hear that from you. The second one is quality time. There's some that need undivided attention. My wife's, one of her main love languages is quality time. She needs quality time. And, and quality time is important in some of our kids. Undivided attention. Saying I love you is empty without some quality time. They want you to play with them. They want you to read with them. They want you to ride with them. They want devoted time with you. We have a couple of kids that way. And you know how they spell love? T-I-M-E. They need time. Everybody look up here a minute. I don't have the ability to speak about all of the devices that we have today, but I can't help but tell you that I think that all of the devices that our children get to play with today have really cut into quality time. There's not a restaurant I go into today that I see a child doing anything except eating a little bit and living on their iPad or their phone. And I want to just encourage you, that doesn't take the place of you. They need the love of quality time with you. Make that happen. You say, I, I, don't, I don't know if my kids would do that. Work yourself into it. You've worked yourself out of it. Work yourself back into it. Have some agreements as a family that we're going to at least take this much time off. We're going to at least do this during meals in our home or whatever, but begin to work your way. Be practical about it, but quality time is a very important love language. The third one is physical touch. This communicates loves. Babies are healthier and more secure when touched a lot. Someone was telling me about a mother off to work, and she comes back home, and her baby has been being watched by the grandmother all day. And the young mom comes home, and instead of coming in and saying, where's my baby, she goes to the room, she puts all her stuff up, she goes in the bathroom, spends a little time, maybe washing her makeup off, whatever else, comes in there, looks to see what's for dinner, none of the time at all thinking about seeing my baby. Well, I want to tell you, that little baby's going to be missing because that baby needs the embrace of mom. That baby needs the love of mom. 
and dad. And I want to just say to you that physical touch is such an important thing. Dustin loved physical touch when he was growing up. We were looking at pictures the other day. In almost every picture, I either have my hands on his shoulders or he's got an arm hanging over my shoulder. And I remember every time I would come back from somewhere, as soon as I'd see him in the airport or wherever, he'd have an arm over on me. He'd be checking me out. I remember I came back with a beard one time from Kenya, and he was going, wow, look at that thing. Look at that thing. Full on that, you know. And that whole physical touch thing is an important part of love in kids' lives, and it balances you in your adult life to physical touch. And if you get the right physical touch from your dad and mom, you won't need the wrong physical touch from somebody else. Come on, amen? All of that is important because kids that need physical touch, especially that that's their love language, if you're not helping them with that, they will look in the wrong places for it. So I encourage you to be careful about that. The fourth one is receiving gifts. And uh, you'll learn with the child that really receiving gifts is their love language. It's not the price of the gift that counts. It's that you thought about them that counts. When I used to go on missions trips, and y'all knew when I pastored here, I traveled a lot to mission fields. One of the things I always did is I bought T-shirts for all the kids on my way back. And I used to think, oh, they're going to love these things, you know. And I would bring them back those $1.55, you know, T-shirts. And I'd get them back. And, um, and one of the kids, the minute I brought it back, would go change and put that T-shirt on, and they thought it was the greatest thing in the world because they had just got a gift. One of my kids, 15 minutes later, would have it out there using it as a cleaning rag to clean stuff <laughs> because that kid didn't care less about a gift. I just simply say to you, your kids will see those things in different ways. And then the last one is acts of service. And acts of service is the kid who needs you to practice ball with them or help them with their homework or make a sandwich for them. All of those say, I love you. Here's my point this morning. Learn your kids' love language. Learn how to say, I love you to your kids so they get it, so they have it. And they will not be loved well till you speak it in a language that they understand. Once your kids understand that you love them well, then you can put into their life limitations. You see, when you try to put rules without love, that seems like punishment. But when you put rules and limitations into your kid's life and they understand it's because of how much you love them, then they can understand that and they can accept that in their life. And you can have rules because they're needed and and enforce the rules you have because of that. By the way, God expects us to have rules and enforce them in our kids' lives. And our kids will thrive on it. Could I say one other thing about loving your kids right? Don't embarrass your kids publicly. If, if your kid's with their friends and they're doing something wrong, then get them to the side or get them out of there, but don't embarrass them in front of their kids. That's a terrible thing to do. Don't embarrass them in a public place. Make it a private thing with your kids. Be careful. Don't belittle your kids. Don't get mad and punish your kids. Love your kids. Popular author 20 years ago was a man named Max Licato, and Max Licato talks about being in a, um, a craft store one day where they had all unfinished furniture, and they were looking at a little stool there, and his little daughter wanted that stool very badly, and he said, honey, we're not going to get it today, and she kept making a big deal about it in the store, and he said, we're not going to get it today, and we might come back later, but we, we, can't, we can't get it today. And she finally fell apart in the store and began to make a bit of a scene. And he picked her up and he walked her outside. And he said, do you know what you did in that store in front of everyone was wrong, honey? She said, yes, sir. (laughs) He said, well, what should daddy do because you did that? And she looked at him and said, love. (laughs) And you know, our kids want us to love them. It doesn't mean they have to get by with everything, but they need to know you love me. This man sitting over here, my dad, he's made love clearer to me than anybody in the world could ever make love clear. He's loved me when I've made the dumbest mistakes of my life. He's cried with me and been brokenhearted with me about it. And he's loved me through it. Love, love. Here's the third thing. To keep our kids on our team, we must teach them correctly. Teach them right. Hand down your faith. Timothy talked about it. His mother and his grandmother 
were great influences in his life. Paul said, Timothy, because of the great faith of your grandmother and your mom, look what you've become, young man. And we have a responsibility to, to teach them correctly. Could I just say, being a grandparent is a wonderful thing. I know we hear jokes about grandparenting. You know, we can spoil them rotten and send them home and all that stuff. But the reality is I love being a grandparent because I get to pour into these grandkids now. And I've got two of my little grandsons that are getting old enough now that I'm teaching them how to be men. And so, man, we go have rugged stuff together. And we do stuff together. I, you know, I, I don't know if I should tell you all of it, but and we, I had a camping trip. And uh, I had it at my house because it was raining too hard out there and we didn't want to get out there. And, and um, I had told them we might go to a camping trip out in the forest somewhere to a lake somewhere and we might go skinny dipping. <laughs> and so now we're at my house camping out. They said, when's the skinny dipping happen? <laughs> and I said, well, it is pretty late. And so, not me, but I sent them out in the pool skinny dipping. <laughs> you say, oh, you're horrible. You would do stuff like that? You know what? I'm teaching them that life with pop is a fun time, a great time, and we're going to do something that boys do sometimes when they get to get together because I want them to do the neatest things in their life with me, not with somebody else. Grandparenting is a wonderful thing. I've lost some of you. I can tell now. You're upset with me about the skinny dipping thing. <laughs> I apologize to you for that. Hey, you may need to loosen up a little bit too, so I'm just kind of letting you know that too. I want to just say to you, grandparents, what a wonderful opportunity we have in our grandkids' lives. And I know there are a lot of you in here, you've raised your kids, but we're still involved. We're very involved with our families. We're very involved with these kids. Bailey's thinking right now, I wonder what he's going to do with us. (laughs) Oh, we're going to have fun. I, I, I just encourage you, teach your kids right. Teach them how to live. Derek, our youngest son, is building a business. And recently he had a, what is now a former employee treat him badly. And uh, when he left, he, he did some wrong stuff you just don't do. And Derek and I sat down and talked about it. He said, Dad, I know you taught us to take the high road and that all we've got to do is take care of ourselves and let God take care of everybody else. But this is really hard. But you know why we had that conversation? Because we had taught the right thing coming along. And now we get to reinforce those things. And I just tell you, teach your kids right. One of the greatest motivations I wrote down for learning is praise. Reinforce and praise your kids when they do right. Make a big deal about it when they do right. Teach them that they're ultimately responsible to God. We taught our kids we didn't ever go try to micro follow them everywhere they went. We tried to teach them what the right thing was and then trust them. But we made a big thing about doing right, understanding who they are and whose they are. I remember Dustin was out one night. It was down when Church Street Station was open down there. I don't know if you remember many years ago, it was more of an arcade-ish kind of place uh, versus a lot of bars. And uh, Dustin and some of the boys had gone out that evening and they went down there somewhere And curfew was 11 o'clock, and he called me about quarter of 11. He said, Dad, the boys want to stay out, and we're going to go do some other stuff. Is it okay if I stay out past 11? I said, well, past 11's kind of late. Not a lot of good stuff happens after 11. And um, But I said to him, Dustin, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go with them. Just remember who you are and whose you are. That was about quarter of 11. About 11.05, I heard the door open and Dustin walked in. I said, I thought you were going out with the boys. He goes, I don't think it was going to be good. I'm glad I came home. You know where you get that from? Teaching them correctly. You teach it and you teach it and you pray that God will keep it in their lives and that God will bless their good decisions. Give God a platform to bless your kids. And you give God a platform to bless your kids by teaching them correctly. And the best way for them to believe it is to see it in your life, which brings me to the last one. To keep your child on your team, you must 
keep your testimony correctly. When I say keeping your testimony correctly, I believe that means that we model unconditional love and faithfulness to God. Unconditional love and unconditional faithfulness to God. Your kids will catch it. What they see is what you get, which means this. When you do wrong, admit to your kids you're wrong. Dustin said, we admitted we were wrong. I had to admit I was wrong a lot. I would jump the gun on stuff, and I would do things that I had to come back and say, I, I was wrong, you were right, or we were both wrong, and, and, and talk about those things. Tell your kids when you're wrong because you know what? They already know you're wrong. <laughs> Let them in that you know you were wrong too. It builds trust. Model your proper role. Dad, don't be a dad on the run, and don't be a dad on a leash. Be right. Husbands, wives, have the proper role. Men, love your wife. Wives, respect your husband. When I see kids upside down today, when I see their lives turn out terrible and young, young adults turn out a mess, usually somewhere in there is some dysfunctional upbringing. I want to say to you, love and pour into them correctly. So fix this today. I'm going to close. Here's what I want to tell you about church. Lean into church here. Lean into Orlando Baptist Church with your kids. You'll never find a better, safer place to raise your family than with a church like this. Dallas, McLaurin, and Fran are sitting back there. Dallas helped raise our kids in Sunday school. Bill Harris, I, I guess, Dustin, you probably did his funeral. Bill Harris helped raise our kids doing corny songs and games in children's church. <laughs> I look all over this room at those of you out here who helped raise our kids. This is a village to raise kids in. It's a safe place. Raise your kids right. And those of you who are in here today, help everybody raise their kids right. Love on their kids. Love these kids, applaud these kids, make over these kids, make a big thing about it. This church helped us get where we are and still are, and it's our legacy. I know you got a building project coming up in this auditorium. We've remodeled this auditorium a few times. When I came here in 1987, it had two and a half inch shag carpet, purple and turquoise. And it was already well outdated and in bad repair. And these were the benches that were there then. These benches are over 50 years old. We've remodeled these benches. We've prayed over these benches. We've painted these benches. We've recovered these benches. And they're held together simply by one thing, God. <laughs> and I just want to tell you, be careful. Don't lean back too hard. It's time for this remodeling. I'm proud of this church. Man, I'm proud for all of you who have been here over all these years, and those of you who are new here. There is something about getting your hands dirty, remodeling a church that just makes you invested. When you get in here and you, I guess you all have some day or night where you all start taking all these benches out, and I'm sure they'll welcome you to take any of them home with you you want. <laughs> uh, but, but you'll help do that, and you'll help get the carpet out, and you'll help do those things, and you'll help pay the way for it to happen. And I got to tell you, Don and I are very excited about it. We're going to participate in it because I think it's neat. It's like the next generation thing. It's for the next group, and it's going to be there for the next 20 years for the next people coming along. Isn't that great? And be a part of it. What a great, great, great thing to be a part of. And everybody can be a part of it in some way. So invest in that. I know it'll be special. And um, the last thing I would say to you today is I want you to have a great family. Young couples in here today, I want you to have a great family. If I can ever help you in any way, I could sit down with you and tell you the things that I felt like went right, and I could tell you the things that I felt like went wrong. Grandparents in here today, keep investing deeply. Everybody in here invest deeply. I believe there's some people today that want to make a commitment to having a great family. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for just a minute. Those of you watching on the church's website today,
I want to say to you that this might be a day for you to have a family altar. I'm going to invite us to have a family altar today. I'm going to invite our families to, in a moment, who are in this auditorium, to come stand down here as a family, and we're going to pray for a special anointing over our families today. I want to pray for that for you that are sitting out there today watching this. And if you'll gather your family together in a few minutes, we could just have a family altar together and ask God to protect and, and help us raise our families right letting them know you're going to be there for them. Maybe today you got to get some things right with your family and tell them, I know I haven't been doing this right, or I haven't been loving you right, or I haven't been there enough. Let's get these things right today. Let's make a great commitment to our families. We've had a great month. We've talked about God in the home and God in our marriage and God in our families. And the practical side of it is today it's time to do something about it. I want to invite you to be a part of that today. I'm going to ask everybody to stand, if you would, for just a moment. As we stand together today, I want to, I want to pray with you. I'd like to pray with everybody and anybody who would like to today. Moms and dads, you may have your kids with you today. You may not have them with you. Maybe they're somewhere around in here and you can gather them together. But for all of you who would like to pray for your family today and just for a special anointing over your family today, I'm going to ask you to come stand down front right now. Just come right from where you are. Come on down front and be here. It could be grandparents. It could be... Yeah, awesome. Come on down. I want to invite another special group down. And that is that there's some of you in here today that you want to have kids. You haven't been able to, but you want to have kids. Could I tell you, I would start with God. I, I can't tell you how many we've had at this altar that we've anointed with oil and prayed over them, and they're raising kids in the church now. Uh, Y'all just keep moving on around so everybody can come on down in here, would you? I want to just talk to you for a minute before we pray. I see Corey over here with his little baby CJ. I remember Corey as a baby in this church, like CJ. I was talking to Eddie Hickel today. Eddie's one of the executive guys on staff here. Came to this church when he was seven years old, and now they're raising kids and getting ready to have another one. Oh, that's the way it's supposed to be. That's the way it's supposed to be. I saw Bradley up here getting trophies and stuff last night. I, I'm so proud of you. Mom and dad, let's make a recommitment today, okay? Let's make a commitment to our family. Dad, if you hadn't been there like you ought to be there, then get back in there today. Mom, maybe you've ran out of patience. Maybe they're, they're wearing you out. Get back in there today. Love them. Love God. Model it. Demonstrate it. Stay committed to church, having your kids here. There's a lot of grandparents down here today. Grandparents, love your kids. Love your grandkids. Love them right. You may be the only Jesus your grandkids see. Love them right. Love them through this. Let's ask God to do what he does, which is the unfathomable. For those of you that are asking the Lord for a child, I'm going to join with you in that today ask the Lord for that today. Would you just bow your heads together? If you're with family, hold a hand of your family or touch each other and let's pray. Heavenly Father, I come to you today on behalf of all of these who have come down here today. Oh God, Satan wants to destroy our families. This world we live in is set up to destroy and compromise our families. They have come down here today seeking your face, Lord, saying, Lord, help me, help me. Help me to be a better dad. Help me to be a better mom. Help me to be a better husband. Help me to be a better wife. Help me to be a better kid. Help me to be a better grandparent. Lord, help us. We need you. We can't do it without you. We'll never be able to do it right without you. Lord God, please help us. Please, 
May there be something happen in our families today that the our families own our legacy today. We own our heritage today. We're committed to a great and godly heritage and, and, and to be a testimony that in the ages to come that our children will teach their children and their children the wonders of God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I pray for the one who says today, I want to be a mom. We want to have a kid. We want to have a child, Lord God. I pray whatever it is in their life that you want to teach them through this, that you would. But could I just pray, Lord? You said we have not because we ask not. You said open our mouth wide and you would fill it. And so I'm just opening my mouth wide for those today that are holding their heart up to you today saying, oh God, give me a baby. Some of them are watching this online. Some of them are standing here today. Oh God, I ask that you would give them that baby. Like Hannah begged you in the Old Testament. She said, God, if you give me a baby, I'll give him back to you. And she did. And he, came, he became a, a Bible writer. Oh Lord, please give that child to them. And so today we come before you and we say we can't do this without you. I, God, I look at parenting today. It's, it looks like it's a hundred times harder than when we were raising our kids. And I, I know they can't do it without you, right? So Lord God, today I ask for an anointing upon all of these moms and dads, an anointing by the Holy Spirit to convict them and show them and, and comfort them and, and help them on the way give all of this to you. We ask your greatest blessings on this group. Your greatest blessings on them is my prayer. In Jesus' wonderful, matchless name, we pray. Amen.